This is the full interview from a segment from the Overdrive radio and podcast program. For more information, go to drivenmedia.com.au. Last week, we had a news story about the 75th anniversary of the first Land Rover to start work on the Snowy Mountains hydroelectric scheme. Rogan Corbett is the president of the Cooma Car Club that run an event each year to celebrate this momentous aspect and development, I think, not only of a project, but of a car here in Australia. He joins us on the line now. G'day, Rogan. G'day, David. The preparation now to go to the Snowy Mountains means carrying snow change, which you might have to suffer the imposition of turning off the entertainment system, getting out of the car to fit them in the special laybys provided on the side of a sealed road. The conditions would have been a bit tougher back then, wouldn't they? Just a quite quite a bit tougher. No sealed roads, nowhere to turn off, and you just had to get in and do the job that had to be done. And uh, the only vehicle that could do that job was the Land Rover, and uh, that's where it, uh, where the where the great name started. The vehicle was launched fairly soon, just before that, before the first one came here. It was about nineteen forty-eight when they came out here, and I think it was a couple of prototypes about nineteen forty-seven after the war, and uh, yeah, they just uh, grew from there and. Uh, Mind you, over the years it's had quite a few uh, changes, but those original <laughs> ones, they were the ones that delivered the scheme. Did the Snowy Mountains Authority consider other vehicles? At the time, there might have been some uh, Willys Jeeps uh, available, ex-World War II Jeeps, but I think the, um, the Land Rover filled the bill with their ties to England, of course, and all that sort of stuff. It, um, it, uh, it filled the bill with, with the old Land Rover. It had a, a few shortcomings by today's standards, but in the day, quite remarkable vehicle. I remember, I feel my age, I went to the 50th anniversary down there. I think you were there? Yes, I, I was there. We've had the 40th, 50th, 60th, 70th and 75th. <laughs> <laughs> I had the honour of talking to one of the gentlemen who had worked on the site and had been given a Land Rover in which to drive around. He was out in the field, but of course he was just uh, considered a worker. The boss got the better model and the boss who of course sat in an office, but his better model had a heater. The base model did not. That was part and parcel of really having to be very rugged and, and endure the conditions that were there at the time. Yes, exactly right. The uh, the first of the Land Rovers never had heaters in them, and you had to rug up pretty well, and it'll be tough. And and they were those people that uh, did those jobs in the mountains in all sorts of conditions. And we have some photos in our museum with you know uh, twelve foot high snowdrifts and things like that, and the Land Rovers being dwarfed by snowdrift. He spoke of the concern that uh, when a big machine came out to try and get rid of the snow, you had to make sure you weren't buried underneath it, or the car wasn't. Yeah, that was a pretty uh, pretty dangerous situation. <laughs> you got caught like that, that's for sure, yeah. You've got a museum there. That's for the whole Snowy Mountain Scheme? There is a Snowy uh, Mountain Scheme Museum in Adaminaby, but our museum in Coombe is about uh, motoring, all about cars. Oh. Uh, yeah, we've got cars from uh, 1902 right right up to all, all sorts of variety of cars. We carry all sorts of memorabilia. We've got a plane. Uh, facade of a service station, a 1950s diner that works. Yeah, it's got a variety of vehicles, 35 vehicles on display, and then we rotate them every few months as well. Because being up in the, what is Australian, the highlands, it's not uh, snow all the time, but certainly there are conditions that are extremely rough. 
that would be adventurous motoring in its early days. Oh, very, very adventurous. Some of the uh, roads on, like they're still, still there now. Some of the uh, the roads up there through the uh, through the snowy scheme were, uh, yeah, not for the faint-hearted. That's for sure. <laughs> How many Land Rovers would have the Snowy Mountains Authority taken? Uh, I think their initial order might have been something like two hundred and fifty. Mm. Quite a sizable order. That's a, that's for sure. And. Um, they were, they were kept very, very busy down here and um, with the scheme, I mean a huge scheme and uh, they needed every one of them. Yeah, 700, I think they ultimately got all together, maybe not all at the one time. It was a wonderful time too that where we depended on and very happy to have a great number of uh, specialised or, or hard-working immigrants that came to it. But of course, they may not have driven in these conditions, let alone on the left side of the road. Yes, yeah, it was very, very uh, testing time, but they had um, driver training. The Snowy Hydro have always been very big on safety, and uh, even to this day, they're big on safety. And they, they trained, they were, they were the first uh, company, I think, in the world to introduce mandatory seatbelts. Oh, really? Yes, and they were developed here in the uh, engineering laboratories uh, in, in Truma here, yep. You're going to have a parade, undoubtedly, but and it's not just really Land Rovers that were made for the Snowy Mountains. They are examples of the the great vehicle used in many other circumstances. Absolutely, we uh, we have coming down here. The um, if you remembered on the SPS show recently, the uh, Overlander was the uh, Oxford and the and the Cambridge. Original uh, London to Singapore uh, Land Rover. It's going to be here on display. So very early Land Rovers, right up to the current ones. I think that was a young university students. Was it that one from Newcastle? That's the, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah done by university students. Yeah, that show they had on recently was very, very popular. And uh, two of those cars are going to be here, and um, along with some old Land Rover fire engines, and yeah, all sorts of old vehicles will be here. And a few celebrities from overseas. Uh, yes, yes, there's a couple coming out from England. There's people coming from America. Uh, yeah, they'll they'll be here um, having a bit of a look around and seeing how we do it. Um, when we had the 70th, the, uh, the hierarchy from Land Rover were uh, out here and they're very impressed with our 70th. So hopefully we can repeat the feat. Mike Bishop from Jaguar Land Rover Classic. That's where they build and I think uh, repair, maintain and uh, build new versions, don't they? And then there's Bob Ives, the winner of the 1989 Camel Trophy Amazon Jungle event for Team UK. Yep. Yeah, there's some some, uh, really... uh, fantastic, uh, you know, it, it's great that there is such uh, recognition of the event, and it was such a time. I was never a mechanic, but I guess the best thing I could now do about putting them together is do a Lego set. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, probably about as complicated as a Lego set in that days, but it's different now. <laughs> Yeah, Lego has put out a special version, 2,336 pieces, I think. The other significant vehicle that arose a bit later out of this project was the Toyota Land Cruiser. Is there an equivalent passion for remembering the history of that brand? Uh, I guess there is uh, in in different places. Yeah, they come along because they had a you know a later later version with a few other mod cons on it and stuff like that. And it was a competitive tendering business, I suppose, in them days. So yeah, it's um it, it's obviously got a following for sure. Finally, then as I say, you have the parade, but there are there other events. 
Oh, yes, yeah. There's all sorts of tours around the area. Um, I mean, the suburb even going down to Delegate, and I think there's 120 going for lunch down a little town called Delegate, right down on the border. So, um, yeah, and there's uh, road trips around the, around the place. There's um, Street Parade. There's a big barbecue at the showground on Saturday and, and, the, and the big dinner on Sunday night where the presentations show and shine of all the Land Rovers will be on the showground at Cooma on Sunday. Uh, and, and of course, the street parade with um, you know over 600 Land Rovers in it. How big's the Cooma Car Club? Uh, we've got about 250 family memberships. Um, we own our premises. We've got, a, we've got our own facilities uh, in here and functions room and stuff like that. We've we've been very fortunate club. We've got a great a great bunch of people that just love getting together and getting to do what needs to be done. In fact, I think I've caught you just prior to the event. You were having a hill climb. Yes, yeah, this weekend we've got a two-day hill climb on um, where we've got some uh, young drivers. We do a driver training thing and um, the young ones can come and we've got our own cars, a couple of come and try days where people who don't have a car uh, can come and have a run in the hill climb. It's all professionally run and uh, proper time, electronic timing and, and proper safety procedures. It's a wonderful sense of community there. It is. It is an excellent community. They uh, we get together and uh, yeah, we're involved in many things in our community around the place and uh, from from all over the Monero. Actually, yeah, we've got members everywhere. It's also a lovely area, isn't it? Uh, not to go down there just for the snow. There are the trendy rush down for you know staying in salubrious locations, but in, in the off or so-called off season, it's a lovely area as well. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, the, the arrows for particularly mountain biking has get very big for mountain, mountain biking these days. Mm. Uh, and, and just uh, bushwalking, fishing, trout fishing, uh, you know, all that sort of stuff so attracts different uh, people. They're not just skiers, that's for sure. I went down on a launch there one time and they, they got us to do a bit of trout fishing. Never done it before. It was, it was incredibly relaxing. As it turned out, I, I love it. Rogan, you make the most of your environment and you manage to help keep the history that is part of it very much alive. I thank you very much for your time. Yeah, it's a pleasure, David. Thanks you very much. Any time at all. And that's Rogan Corbett, who is the president of the Cooma Car Club, who are running the event for the 75th anniversary of the first Land Rover to start work on the Snowy Mountains Hydroelectric Scheme. Overdrive is a radio and podcast program featuring road tests, interviews and features on motoring and transport. More information is available at drivenmedia.com.au and podcasts on Spotify or iTunes.